From the Kennan Institute in Washington, D.C., welcome to Kennan X, a podcast on our never-ending quest to understand Russia, Ukraine, and the surrounding region. I'm your host, Jill Doherty. Back in 2011 and 2012, when I was in Moscow, I reported on what are called the Bolotnaya Square protests. Thousands of people, including a lot of young people, protesting what they claimed were falsified parliamentary elections. I ended up interviewing a lot of teenagers, 17, 18, 19 years old, and I could sense even then that these young people were somehow different, more independent and self-assured than I'd ever seen before. I kept my eye on that and eventually found some research, almost all of it conducted by Russian academics, on this Putin generation. Now, there's a new study on my favorite subject by Maria Snegovaya, non-resident fellow at the Atlanta Council and postdoctoral fellow at Virginia Tech, and Denise Volkov, deputy director at the Levada Center in Moscow. I'm really glad to be here with Maria Snegovaya and Denise Volkov, both friends and also colleagues, and very excited to look into this report that you've just released. I have it actually in front of me on my laptop, Russian Youth and Civic Engagement, and that's part of the Modernizing Russia project. That's a project between the Center for European Policy Analysis and the Levada Center. And it's really detailed. And one of the reasons that I'm so interested in this is on a personal basis, I became very interested in the subject, as both of you know, a number of years ago when I was in Moscow and I kept talking with young people on the streets, usually at protests. And then I developed a course at Georgetown University that's called the Putin Generation. And it was concerning, let's say, young Russians who are 20 years or younger. So people who grew up with no leader other than Vladimir Putin. And I remember the conversation with a friend of mine who's a Russian sociologist. And I said, I'm planning on calling this the Putin generation. And she said, Jill, that's a ridiculous name. (laughs) There is no such thing as the Putin generation. But I kept it anyway, not with the idea that it would define this generation, but that at least it would get a handle on the fact that there is this group of people who are roughly that age who are different and different in interesting ways. So I think maybe that's what we'll delve into in our conversation. And Denise, can you define the characteristics of this generation? Yes. Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me. So speaking of the generation, I think what are the main features? First is the internet usage. Young people, like everywhere else in the world, they use internet frequently. But in Russia, it means that this generation is diverging from older generations who are heavily dependent on TV. And TV in Russia is influenced by the state. There is a lot of this state propaganda. And what we see because of this difference, we see that in information that people get, young people become much different from the older generation. We see it in their attitude towards such events like protest in Khabarovsk, protest in Belarus, and they having different heroes as well. We can see that from the internet, they get 
information about the lifestyle, but increasingly about politics as well. People such as Navalny, such as young communists from Saratov, Bandarenka. So new figures, or Dut, of course, such figures that you will not find on Russian TV. На улице минус 55, и это Колыма. Очень красивый и очень суровый край со страшным прошлым и сложным настоящим. I just wanted to jump in. Yuri mm-hmm. Dutz is a vlogger, very influential person in Russia. Долгие годы Колыма была цитаделью сталинских репрессий. Одного из самых чудовищных периодов в русской истории. Yes, he's influential because he's making interviews with culture icons with singers but also with politicians like Navalny, Khodorkovsky and bringing them to the audience which is very young making them known to people who are not always interested in politics mm-hmm. so what are other features it's also from what we get from our previous report on entrepreneurship in Russia that we have developed together with Maria we saw that young people are more inclined to support and have favorable impression of entrepreneurs on business and young people are more inclined to start business in Russia. But of course, the problem is how it is possible to do in Russia with big state sector and very not so big sector of private business. What else? The favorable impression of the West and positive attitudes towards the West. And what we also see is that the Western culture is a very important part of life of young Russians. It means that they borrow much from Western mass culture, pop culture. It does not necessarily influence their views of politics of the Western countries, but also surely the Western culture is a very important part of life. And again, here we have divergence between a younger generation, which is already positive towards Europe, towards the United States, and difference from older generations who are still After this recent conflict between Russia and the West started, older generations are still negative towards Europe, towards the United States. So this is a big difference. Maria, when you talk mm-hmm. about the West, I really would like to get into that more because there is sometimes, I think, from Western analysts, the idea that young people are looking at the West as Jeffersonian democracy, that this is a place where freedom is. And as I have looked at some of the research and also talked with you and Denise, it feels, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels a little bit more practical, kind of like the West as a place where things actually work and you have more opportunity, that it's not as theoretical a concept. Is that the case? Absolutely. You are right in the sense that younger Russians that we talk about, they really don't have particularly sophisticated knowledge about how the West operates and, to be honest, even about what democracy is and how it is supposed to work. Therefore, by default, their understanding of the Western societies are very superficial. But one thing they're quite aware of is, of course, a high quality of life abroad in those Western societies including the quality of medicine, healthcare provision, especially among other things that has been emphasized by our respondents during the focus groups. 
And it's also important that higher number of this representatives of this generation, as compared to all the Russians, have actually first-hand experience with Western societies. More of them have traveled abroad. About one-third of urban residents speak foreign languages, and about all one-third have been to Western countries, for example. So this experience is actually more first-hand, but it's not necessarily sophisticated and in-depth. And there's also a downside with this, so to speak, fascination with the West and the Western culture, because it's not just the lifestyle per se, but it's also culture, the shows, the movies, the music, the podcasts that are disproportionately high number of young Russians who listen and watch primarily, of course, U.S. movies, shows, and music. But there is a downside to that, as I mentioned, and that is because it's so attractive to the young Russians and because of the domestic situation that keeps getting worse in terms of social lifts and economic development, there is also growing of young Russians who want to leave the country. As a matter of fact, last year, Bavada's survey has shown that over 50% of younger Russians aged 18 to 24 years old, actually, they want to leave, to move abroad permanently from Russia. So is this, let's call it an urban educated phenomenon? In other words, does it stretch into the countryside, into smaller places in the regions where people may have fewer opportunities? I can jump in and say that we do not see that much difference between young generation in biggest cities and smaller areas because I think of mobile internet. Because through telephone, through smartphone, more people are now connected to the same reality, have the same figures of authority. And these differences are not so big between young Russians. Of course, there are some differences for sure, but they may be not so big between young Russians and older Russians. And I would like to add something about this openness to the world and what Maria was talking about, that I see it more as this. When we see that many young Russians say they would like to leave the country, it's not exactly that they all will leave tomorrow. It's more about that they see it as an opportunity, as an option to do, that they are not closed to the outer world that we see in older generations. Mm -hmm. Maria, the Kremlin, however, seems to be cracking down or limiting the ability of students to travel abroad or study. There's a lot more effort to keep them in Russia, have them go to Russian schools, etc. Where is that developing? So I just wanted to follow up on what Dennis has said, that in our study specifically, we looked primarily at the urban youth from larger cities. And overall, there are quite pronounced differences between rural and urban residents, but our focus was primarily urban. So Jill, to answer your question, yes, our study specifically focuses on indicators of civic engagement. Our question was, what it is among younger Russians from big cities already a more active, a civically active generation in Russia, what it is that distinguishes those who are particularly civically engaged from those who are less? And our answer is that, among other things, it is actually traveling abroad and speaking foreign languages. Those younger residents of Russia who do travel abroad more often or who speak foreign languages, they seem to be probably more immersed into the Western culture may be probably more aware of how things are done abroad, have more of the comparative framework, 
And they are the ones who tend to be more active, among other things, along with education, for example, and other factors, than other younger Russians. And so the Russian state is quite aware of that. Mm-hmm. Denise, I wanted to ask you about, you mentioned the word heroes. And that, of course, raises the issue of President Putin and other, let's say, civic or political figures. So do you have data on the popularity or the ratings for President Putin among the younger generation? And are there any other, let's say, alternative figures who also get significant support among young people? First of all, we see that President Putin is still rather popular with young Russians, but his popularity is going down. And we see that with young Russians, yes, these new figures are emerging. Navalny, first of all, but also in biggest cities, first of all, Moscow, Ilya Yashin and Sergei Bandarenko from Saratov. And they are being known through social networks, through YouTube, first of all, because they have more than 1 million subscribers on YouTube, we see that young Russians increasingly are watching social networks, YouTube videos, and videos on YouTube are starting to compete with TV programs. And young Russians in biggest cities do not watch TV channels that often, but in smaller areas, they still do. But again, social networks are being more important for young Russians, more important than TV. So, Marie, I just want to drill down a little bit into this concept of civic engagement. It appears from what I've read from your study and from our discussions that it's more grassroots, that it's not focused on, let's say, big picture political issues in Russia as a whole. It's really more grassroots issues that affect people locally. Is that correct? Yeah, thank you, Joe. Precisely. So our definition of civic engagement is based on Western scholarship on the topic, but adjusted, corrected according to Russia's context. And essentially, we included a number of indicators that are commonly described as essentially civic or political type of engagement, including participating in group sports, donating money for charitable purposes, working as a volunteer, And then a set of political issues like organizing with other people to solve problems, sending inquiries to state authorities, citing petitions, voting in the elections, and participating in a rally or protest, of course. And so, interestingly enough, we look at how those each of those indicators of civic engagement is linked to specific individual level characteristic of our respondent. And we actually find out that pretty much every single one is higher among those respondents who, of course, do not watch state-owned TV channels as much. It doesn't have to be internet as their alternative source, but it does have to be something else than a state TV channel. State TV channel seems to be what actually is correlated to global levels of civic engagement. We also find an impact of university education, gender, interestingly enough, women tend to be more active. And, of course, those indicators of openness I mentioned before, like speaking foreign languages, traveling abroad. So, yeah, here we're specifically interested about factors that potentially make the new generation more active. Russians traditionally, notoriously somewhat, are a passive society, somewhat of a legacy of the Soviet times, repressions. Many are afraid to speak up. 
or to do something. Others just are not accustomed to thinking of changing the world around you this way. So these civic engagement factors are really an important predictor of potentially democratization of Russia in the future. Which, of course, leads us to a natural question, which is, is this actually, do you think, let's say, a nascent or a political movement that is just beginning? Or is it more just amorphous, undefined youth who are dissatisfied, but it won't really lead any place in an organized political fashion? Denise, what do you think? If we look at the political issues. We see that young people are not politically active. They tend to go and vote less than older generations. And we see that the Russian regime is increasingly dependent on older generations who not only support Putin and his regime, but tend to go and vote for it in the elections. Younger Russians, in spite of criticism and growing criticism of the authorities, they still do not influence influence politics because they tend to stay at home and do not take part in the elections. So precisely on what Denis has said, there was a particular frustrating experience during this constitutional amendments vote in June slash July 2020, the one that allowed Putin to stay in power at least until 2036 or potentially indefinitely even. And of course, a lot of people in Russia realized what the constitutional amendments vote was about. And the dissatisfaction of these proposed amendments were the highest, specifically among the younger Russians. So those between 18 to 34 years old, approximately. But the problem is that they didn't show up, they didn't go vote against the constitutional amendments. So, of course, with falsifications and whatnot, the constitutional amendments were passed eventually. Even if controlling falsifications, there were some estimates, there's still a number of people who voted yes, was higher. And that is unfortunately the consistent pattern that we see in Russia today. Partly it was the result of the fact that, again, the opposition leaders disagreed on the best strategy during this constitutional amendments vote. And so a lot of younger Russians abstained from voting in the summer because, for example, opposition leader Alexei Navalny did not ask them to come and vote. That was one of the reasons. But more broadly, it's a bigger issue, as Denis has described, with overall uh, learned impotence, so to speak, learned understanding that you are not able to change anything around you. That is why precisely I just want to emphasize it's so important to understand what it is that takes young Russians to change essentially their mindset about these things. And uh, essentially our report helps a little bit to clarify those issues. So where are we going with this? Because that, I think, is the golden question here. Any predictions from either you, Denise, or from Maria about where this generation, how it develops? Will it really be different or will it turn into similar to previous generations? Denise? Mm -hmm. Well, very hard to predict, of course, but surely that this generation is different. Probably not all this difference will be realized in future life. I mean, if we're speaking about entrepreneurship, about going to the West to study and to live. But at the same time, I think this new mindset, more openness to the world, better ability to find 
alternative points of view on the internet, I think that at some point this younger generation will mature. This new generation will be more interested in politics. I think after 35, closer to 40 years of age. So I think as time passes, they will be more politically active. And when this happens, this will change the Russian political system at some point. But I see it only as a gradual change, not a big shift. Mm-hmm. And Maria, what do you think? Yes, I agree with Denis, of course, on this issue. And I also think that generational change that's ongoing in Russia is very important. I don't think you can understand the existing regime without understanding who the people who created this regime under Putin, who they are. And also, I do not think you can get a nuanced enough picture of Russia without adding into all of these modernizing trends that we have just been discussing. So overall, I am quite optimistic about Russia's long-term future. But short term, of course, unfortunately, we are all a little bit of pessimists looking at what's going on in the country. Another point to be added to what Dennis has just said is also a relatively small number of younger Russians in question. So according to the 2019 census, Russians aged 15 to 29 years old constitute only 16.5% of the population. It's a really tiny number of people we're talking about, unfortunately, and in the short term, at least, it just even if they all were quite active and showed up in the streets, there's just not enough of them physically and not enough of them to fundamentally alternate the country's track. But in the long term, as I said, yes, they will be increasingly growing and representing higher share of the Russian society as the older generation uh, leaves the stage. Ultimately, the track is more or less, I think, the same for Russians, Belarusians, Ukrainians, and many other countries in the region. Unfortunately, the Kremlin cannot propose, and it's really clear at this point, really does not provide any convincing alternative to the Western European track. And in this sense, eventually, it's pretty clear that the number of people in Russia who will realize that will keep growing. Unfortunately, (laughs) we'll still have to wait until that moment comes that there's there's enough of them to fundamentally alternate the regime's development. Well, thank you very much. That was a fascinating discussion, again, about Russian youth and civic engagement, your new study. And Maria Snyagavaya, thank you. You're now a doctoral fellow at Virginia Tech. And Denise Volkov, who, of course, is with the Levada Center in Moscow. Thank you both. Kenan X is a product of the Kenan Institute at the Woodrow Wilson International Center for Scholars in Washington, D.C., It's the Wilson Center's oldest program, founded in 1974 by George F. Kennan, American statesman, James Billington, historian and former librarian of Congress, and historian S. Frederick Starr. Inspired by them, the Kennan Institute's mission is to improve America's understanding of Russia and the wider region. Thanks for listening.